nothing good can happen to those who break their vows. Vikings held the power of oaths and their own destiny in very high esteem. In the story of Fenrir, we see that the Norse gods are fighting their destiny by trying to prevent Ragnarok. By taking Fenrir in, only to take him prisoner, was also the equivalent of breaking an oath, an ultimate betrayal. Like we saw in Greek mythology, attempting to thwart a prophecy often forces it to occur. So, by taking in Fenrir and Jormungandr in Hell only to abuse them and hold them at long arm's length because of the prophecy, forced them to seek vengeance on Odin, thus enacting the prophecy. Odin's betrayal of Fenrir and abuse of Loki's children, all while allowing Loki to live in Asgard, making him his sworn brother and riding his other son Sleipnir into battle, gives us conflicting images of Odin's motivation. He calls Loki his brother, but keeps him at arm's length. He accepts his help and treasure, but never gives any gifts in return. He makes companions of some of Loki's children, but tries to murder others. It's a complicated relationship. Even in the cold, damp cave where venom dripped onto his flesh, Loki could remember the feasts the gods had held to celebrate Fenrir's imprisonment. Loki was an audacious creature himself, but inviting him to this particular feast took some nerve. Baldur was still alive, but for Loki, Ragnarok truly began here. It was too much. He had been too patient. Even after millennia of living with them, adventuring with them, celebrating with them, he was still not of them. He would always be an other thing. His children, not companions, but creatures to be treated however the gods felt at the moment. Despite all they had been through together, he was still some secret, slimy, slithering thing whose family could not be expected to be treated as equals. Food and water were never brought to Fenrir, who suffered on the cliffs for centuries, alone and in chains. He lifted his head as a rooster crowed in the distance. Drip. Another drop landed on Loki as Sigurd was forced to empty her bowl again. Loki writhed in pain, causing the earthquakes that came every time his wife emptied her bowl. This time was different. This time the earthquake shook loose the rock that Fenrir was chained to. Stone, sword, wolf, and chains all toppled down the mountain, falling free of each other along the way. Free at last, Fenrir remembered Odin's gentle pets and words of wisdom. He remembered his betrayal and years of imprisonment. His stomach turned as blind fury pulled his legs towards Asgard with blistering speed. His sensitive nose picked up a foul odor before he saw its cause. The rotting flesh of the reanimated dead, those who belonged to his sister Hel, were also on their way to visit Odin. Giants trampled towards the palace, barely coming up to Fenrir's knees. All of the enemies of Asgard united. Unchained, he grew to be at eye level with the sun. He was intelligent, but could never explain why, on instinct, he swallowed the flaming orb whole. His eyes lit with an internal flame and fire gasped from his nostrils with each breath. It was time to find Odin. Everything had fallen into place. Fenrir was free, the long winter raged, and the three roosters crowed. The dead rose, and Heimdall sounded his horn as the sun and moon vanished. The twilight of the gods had begun. Hel opened her gates, and the dead poured into the battlefield with giants and dragons. Some sought vengeance for years on the receiving end of Thor's hammer. Some sought revenge for that time that Odin used the remains of Ymir to create the world. 
Some had a more personal vendetta, but all of the forces of darkness and chaos stood at the gates of Asgard, awaiting the final battle. The elves, dwarves, and Valkyries joined the gods as they put, met their enemies at the Rainbow Bridge. They stared ominously as frost giants the size of buildings, fire giants the size of mountains, an army of stinking dead and a wolf whose body filled the sky were led onward by a barely familiar face. Loki's leering smile was unnerving at the best of times, far more so now that it was scarred from years of snake venom and backlit by his lupine son's massive eyes. The gods knew they could not win, but there was nowhere to run. The sea on Midgard, the world of humans, seemed to boil in the blackness below as Jormungandr writhed. Then coil by coil the venomous world serpent rose from the sea. Thor cast one sad, understanding smile at his father before he took up his hammer and rushed to face his longtime foe. The giants reaped the Aesir like wheat. Thor had never shown them mercy, and they returned the favor now. The god of thunder dodged and ducked. He only had eyes for the snake. He was the guardian of Midgard, and he had failed the few remaining humans utterly, but he wouldn't fail to protect them now. Jormungandr lunged at Thor, who ducked again and grabbed at the spikes that rose like a ridge along the serpent's back. He pulled himself, arm over arm, up the hundreds of feet that, to the monster's head as it searched the crowd for him, snapping and eating anyone who came too close. By the time he realized where Thor was, the god of thunder stood atop his head, between his eyes, and brought Mjolnir down as hard as he could on the snake's head. Bones cracked, fangs shattered, and the snake collapsed into a violent shower of aerosolized ven venom that tore through ally and enemy alike. The venom melted Thor, flesh and bone. The last thing he saw was gallons of the toxin putrefying the waters of his beloved Midgard before both he and Jormungandr were lost forever. Odin whipped past Loki and towered and toward Fenrir. Loki was about to object to being ignored when he turned to find Heimdall squaring up to face him. I would love to see that fight in Marvel, y'all. Like scrawny, weaselly little Loki versus Heimdall? No. I mean, this is actual mythology, so they probably both are pretty beefy guys. But to see the Marvel versions of them square off against each other would be really, really funny. You're looking at it going, yeah, not a fair fight. <laughs> anyway, by all accounts, in, in actual mythology, both of them had been looking forward to this for quite some time. Sorry for kind of the, the wall break there, interrupting the story. But I just picture this giant, massive Idris Elba versus a comparatively lean and small Tom Hiddleston and thinking, oh man, this is going to hurt. <laughs> Anyway, getting back to the story. Surt, leader of the fire giants, spewed fire into Yggdrasil, the world tree, igniting the nine worlds before he set the human's world ablaze. Heimdall and Loki had fought before, and Heimdall had won, so this time Loki opted for stealth. Using his magic, he made it appear as though Heimdall was surrounded by dozens of Lokis who all vanished with a sneer. Silently, the real Loki crept up behind Heimdall, invisible. This would have worked on anyone else, man, god, or giant, but Heimdall was the watcher of the worlds, seer of all, and in a quick, powerful movement, he turned and thrust his sword behind him, impaling the trickster before he could react. Furious to be denied his victory, he laughed. 
He and Heimdall had always been destined to end each other. He used the last of his strength to slice Heimdall's throat in a blinding flash of movement, and then he collapsed, laughing as he watched the world's burn. Odin finally caught up to Fenrir. He put on his best, relieved face, and called out that if Fenrir had escaped from his bonds, then he must have learned his lesson. He was proud of the wolf. We must, of course, take wisdom from wherever it comes. He was silenced by a growl so deep and so massive that it forced several warriors to fall to their knees. Fenrir was not a pup anymore, and he was not so easily fooled by Odin's attempt to hide his abuse behind affection. He swallowed Odin whole before he could even draw his spear. The last thing he heard was a roar of rage and grief as his son Vidar saw the Allfather die in glorious battle. Vidar knew that it would probably cost him his life, but he lunged into Fenrir's mouth as though he could remove the crushed remains of his father. When the wolf tried to close his mouth, Vidar held his sword straight upward as he had when they imprisoned the wolf, preventing the mouth from closing. Then he stomped, kicking downward with all of his strength, moving deeper into Fenrir's mouth, closer to his skull, stomping and forcing the jaws further and further apart with all of his strength and his sword until he split the wolf's jaws apart. The battle paused and a hush fell over the crowd as the great wolf died. The worlds burned and the gods, elves, dwarves, and giants and humans burned with them. The fires of Surt both purified and annihilated all that existed. In the mountains of ash that remained, a tiny bud began to grow. Vidar pushed his way out from beneath Fenrir's charred remains. He took in his surroundings, blinking in the light of the new sun. Thor's sons and Vidar's nephews, Modi and Magni, also survived, along with Vali. They were already puzzled by the fact that they seemed to have survived the end of all things, when their confusion was pushed over the edge by someone they didn't expect to see. Someone they knew was already dead. Baldur. The burning of hell had set him free. The sons of Odin talked while the sons of Thor found Mjolnir. Together they vowed to be great like their fathers, but to be more aware of their flaws, and to build a better world, to not solve all of their problems by attempting to wipe out entire races that disagreed with them. In time, Midgard began to heal. A single... Man and woman emerged from their hiding places in the remains of the world tree. They began that they had been the last people alive on the old world and were now the first people alive on the new one. The story of Ragnarok is tragic but also hopeful. With all myths, there are many versions, and in some, Fenrir eats the sun, in some, his children do. In some, Ragnarok hasn't happened yet. In others, the world is in a constant cycle of death and rebirth. But the gods never learn their lesson. It is basically the Norse mythology version of Avengers Infinity War. You get to see all the characters you know and love, and most of them die. But we've been waiting around now for a while, and Snorri Sturluson has not yet released the endgame equivalent where everybody comes back. This is a story from before we were all weak and expecting emotional satisfaction. He's telling the story like, and everybody died. Deal with it. This episode was brought to you by Princess Mary, Anchor, and Spotify. If you want to support the show, you can click in the link in the description. Next episode, along comes a spider. But probably not the one that you think. 
Thank you for tuning in and have a wonderful weekend.